Welcome to Fold in the Cheese, the recipe for fantasy football success. We are your hosts, two average dudes, watched a lot of football, played a lot of fantasy football, and our wives told us to get real jobs. And uh, we said pass. We'd much rather talk about football instead, so here we are. Uh, this is a podcast for those who are just starting in the fantasy football. We want to bring some knowledge to help you get started. We'll be here along with you on the whole journey throughout the season, checking in, checking in with players and seeing who we should sit, who we should start, all that fun stuff. And for those who are a little more advanced, don't worry, we got some stuff for you too. Yeah, so if you're a casual fantasy player and you're tired of not winning, we're going to change that for you. If you never played before and you feel like, hey, I think I'd like to play this and I think I'd like to win my first time through, we're here for you too. Let's make this happen. Get some W's. Let's get it. Welcome into Folding the Cheese. This is your host, Kay Troll. Looking forward to chatting today with my main man, the Moira Rose, to my David Rose. E, what's happening, dude? Is this finally happening? I mean, are we finally officially going to our namesake? Oh, next step is to fold in the cheese. What does that mean? What does fold in the cheese mean? He folds it in. We're finally doing it. We were going to save it to the end of the season. And you know what? I'm just going to tell you, we're probably going to bring it back for the end of the season. But uh, yeah, I think it's time. I think it's time to jump in here and talk about your wig wall. <laughs> I mean, we are halfway through the fantasy year, so I figure we got to gotta get them in at some point. So here we go. Give the people the what they want. Shit's Creek. Let's do this thing. What a phenomenal show. I was watching some highlights um the last couple of days just to kind of get me in the right headspace for this and i was like hey best moments whatever god it's just so packed with great comedy there's obviously great character development in there but each character has just got such incredible arc and such incredible moments on their own you know it's just like it's one of those shows you're gonna look back on where you're like i can't believe they got all these people on the same show because they could all be i mean already a couple of them are mega stars from before the show but Mm-hmm. it's going to be unreal i'm excited and yeah we're definitely coming back but figure we had to we are folding the cheese so let's 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 start actually folding with our actually namesakes let's do it let's do it hey we got halloween around the corner here e i want to hear about the Gelfan household what's the vibe what's your tribe wearing i don't know man it's crazy that it's already halloween first of all i don't know what it's like in tennessee right now it is 32 degrees here in michigan it is brutal. Yeah, it Why? Is. <laughs> Why is this happening right now? Um, but yeah, man, Halloween, great gal fan tradition. Basically, since Addison has been born, we have done like a family costume. So when she, you know, she was born in September, so she was only a month old. She was Batman. Kirsten was Robin. I was the Joker. And then we did one where she was a sack full of money. I was a robber and Kirsten was a police officer. <laughs> we did like the minions. Um and then once Brady was born, we did Moana. He was Pooh the Pig. So yeah, we're all about the family, uh, the family costume. But now the kids are yes. getting older, where they're not all wanting to do the same thing. It started last Uh-oh. year, which was kind of brutal. So Addison, big Potterhead, wanted to do Harry Potter, and uh, Brady wanted to do PJ Masks. So we split the fam. It was okay. quite the hot topic. So okay. Addison and I did Harry Potter, and Kirsten and Brady did Paw Patrol. Oh, excuse me, PJ Masks. Um, spoiler alert, Brady wants to do Paw Patrol this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, mm-hmm. I think this is the first year where we're all doing our own thing, which is kind of a bummer, but you know, wow. gotta give kids what they want. Yeah. It's a new era. So kids. So we can I can identify with a lot of that because we did the exact same thing when our kids were first born and we have continued to do family costumes. The only year we didn't was when Miles was first born. He was like he was like eight months old during Halloween the first time through. I was never, to be honest, like I was never like a huge Halloween person. I was not an adult who dressed up. It just wasn't my thing. And uh, my wife wasn't either. So when Miles was born, he went, we made him an owl, which was, it was like a really <laughs> cute costume. But we did dress up our dog as an owl as well. We got him an owl costume. So they were a parliament of owls. So that was good. But ever since Wait, then, the, we've all dressed is up together. Parliament, is parliament the plural of owls? Parliament is the plural of owls. A group of owls wow. is called Why do you parliament. know that? Please tell me you because looked it up we for had, that Halloween costume. Obviously, we looked it up for that <laughs> Halloween costume. We wanted to call them a gaggle of owls or whatever. And we're like, oh, it's a parliament. That's an incredible word. What a great <laughs> word for a group of owls. Uh, and they're so scholarly. It makes perfect sense, right? They are. 
It always looks like they're so, wearing monocles or glasses, one of the two. Yeah, I think they are, they're just going to be born that way. So anyway, after that, we started the family tradition as well, where we decided we were all going to dress up too. It just so happened the first year that we decided to do that, Miles had a broken leg. And so oh, he had a big cast on his leg. And so we decided to put a giant brown sock on it and make it a peg leg. And we were all yes. pirates. <laughs> yes. And we, we uh, decorated we de- we decorated our wagon and made it into a big pirate ship. And we dragged him around oh, the wagon. And it was cool. I got like man. a whole Jack Sparrow thing. So we've done minions nice. as well. I have a minions onesie that I've, I've gotten from our minions. And uh, so this year we're doing Mario because my kids uh, okay. will watch the same shows together. And they're usually watching... Those shows were some random old guy, like 30 something guy is playing video games. And so <laughs> they watch a lot of Mario and uh, our daughter, Nora, is obsessed with Yoshi. So she's going to be Yoshi. OK, I will be Mario. Miles will be Luigi. Jamie will be the princess. And we've got them nice. All. I like Pretty it, sad. man. So, OK, but here's here's the question. So, I mean, I hear the creativity when you had uh, Miles in the cast and you were you made his wagon in the ship. So are you guys people yep. who make the costumes or are you going to buy these Mario ones? Absolutely not making the costumes. <laughs> we are buying everything. You made that pirate ship, though. We did I'm make the pirate, the pirate ship. And that was about as creative as we could get. And it was good. It was good. But uh, that is not our forte. So, no, we will be buying okay. buying everything this year round. I regret well, not uh, getting a Goomba costume for our dog. That's the one thing we should have done. <laughs> we should have gotten yeah. him a Goomba. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been spectacular. But uh, going back to making costumes, this kind of goes back to when I was a kid. My friend and I thought it would be a great idea if we were a pair of dice. So we're like, oh, this isn't that hard. We get two you know, boxes, just cut a hole in it, and then we paint them with the, you know, the circles on the side. Boom, dice. Our dumbasses got like the biggest boxes ever. So we're walking side by side, like taking up the entire sidewalk. But the worst <laughs> is like you're going to a house like up the stairs you're basically a roadblock for everybody. And it was in, in hindsight, it was a great idea, but the execution, not or execution. We, yeah. We were literally just blocking everybody else from getting candy and then we just get stuck in the stairwell. So it was good times. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. You gotta think about that kind of stuff. Gotta be considerate of others during trick or treating. It's not all about you. Dice man. <laughs> hey, it's all about me getting that candy. Give me that. I guess that's, that's fair. Give me that. Give me that. All right. So let's get into some football today. We've got uh, some of the top stories in the weekend. We'll get that cheese, fold in the cheese segment. We're going to do some blind resumes again, and then got some waiver wire pickups, and we'll recap with the Yahoo League as well. It's a good week, so Woo-hoo. neither of us will be avoiding it. <laughs> let's start with some news uh, News from the league. First thing I popped in this morning and saw Devontae Adams just placed on the COVID-19 list. He tested Yikes. positive for COVID. I know their defensive coordinator has got COVID. Um, wasn't just a close contact. He actually tested positive. So we're not exactly sure what this will mean for certain. It looks like he's not following the protocol for someone who's unvaccinated, which right. leads you to believe he is vaccinated. They don't just come out and tell you that necessarily. Uh, they play Thursday Hip, night man. against Arizona. <laughs> HIPAA, I know. They play Thursday night against Arizona. And so you talk about That's a short kicker. timetable to turn this thing around. He's supposed he has to yeah. get two negative tests within a 24 hour span to be able to play Thursday. I don't know how that happens. I, I just don't well, I guess I don't understand how a vaccinated person who has COVID could not test positive in in like two days later, but I don't know. I'm a doctor, so I know these things. Um, oh good. Good, good, good. Look at the math. Yes, no, it does seem like an odd situ- situation. I, mean, I guess technically there would be enough time. So if you got tested this morning, uh, you know, the 24 hours later, Wednesday morning gets tested again. If it's positive, I mean, excuse me, negative, he could technically play Thursday. I don't know. It's going to be weird, but definitely got to stay tuned uh, if you are Devontae Adams owner just to see if there is a potential for him to suit up. Yikes, that's a nope. sticky yeah. situation. The one positive of that is that Although it's the negative as well, the, the Thursday night game does give you time to scramble and replace him if you need to. True. And a COVID being out for COVID will be eligible for IR, so you could drop him into your IR slot, pick up somebody else that plays either Thursday night or on Sunday. I don't know if you want to put a whole lot of confidence in someone like Alan Lazard, who's probably next man up, probably their second best option. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling is someone who can boom. He's he's a big play guy. If you want to go Cobb, that route, or famine. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that you're going to get like 20 out of Randall Cobb. I feel like you can get that out of MVS. And Lazard, if he gets peppered with targets, he's got good hands. He, he could have that kind of a game. 
Uh, I was gonna say you're Lazard, right, Cobb is like his most trusted guy, you know, going back to when they played together before. So I don't know. Lazard to me is like a poor man's Kenny Galladay. It's one of those big play kind of if he can get you this would be a typical stat line for Alan Lazard. Three catches, seventy five yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> He's not gonna be your high volume reception guy, but if he gets those big plays, I mean Again, he'll just have those weird stat lines of two for 100 and a touchdown. Uh, and again, if you're a poor man's Kenny Galladay, that's not saying a lot. But hey, <laughs> Kenny Galladay is a poor man. So yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> so he's, he's a actually man. wealthy. He's very wealthy. <laughs> but in football, he's a poor man right now. Um, so that's just the, the big news of the day. Um, from the weekend, I was surprised that Darren Waller got a surprise kind of scratch at the right before the game. I guess they called yeah. it in the morning. I didn't realize he was battling an injury at the end of the week. I don't have any exposure to him on my teams, but so he's, he's been dealing with something. They got a bye week coming up this week. So they probably just yeah, wanted to be nice. safe with him uh, in his absence. Foster Moreau had a pretty nice little game, you know, put up, I think six for 60 and a touchdown, something like that. So Shoot, that the Raiders had a nice little game. Pretty good. Raiders, Raiders looking pretty good uh, post Gruden. So maybe they're, they're turning the jets back on Josh Jacobs in that same game. He left the game right before halftime with a chest injury. Uh, same as above, they got a, they got a bye week this week, so you want to stay tuned and see how that goes. It's tough to make moves whenever you got a bye week because you're not going to get a lot of news. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have the same kind of practice schedule. They don't have True. to give updates on injuries, at least official updates. So um, with a chest injury, you got to figure maybe ribs or something like that. I don't know. Or Tyrod Taylor stabbing or a lung puncture with the <laughs> with the pain needle. I don't know. Uh, but Kenyon Drake did kind of take on the lead duties while he was gone in the past. That has been Peyton Barber, uh, but he was a, he was a scratch and he's not fully healthy, but I would consider him a healthy scratch this past week. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Stay tuned on that one. We'll have more yeah. updates next week. Probably. Uh, Miles Sanders, your boy, Miles Sanders hurt his ankle was carted of off. <laughs> but he pulled a Saquon. He pulled a Saquon, but here was the worst part. Okay, so he, I had to put him back in my starting lineup because of bye weeks and all that. I even picked him up in Daily Fantasy just because of, you know, we did our, our boomer bust lineups. And they were actually using him. That was the killer part for me. Like, finally, the Eagles had some sense of them and they were actually giving Sanders the ball. And he was showing he could do some things, man. He had 30 yards before he went out. And he went out, what, in the first or early in the second? So... Oh, this was so frustrating. I feel for him just because I feel like he's not really doing anything wrong. He's just not getting the opportunities. And now he obviously gets hurt. It's going to set him back. Ah, this was annoying. Sorry, Miles. Yeah, dude, you're right. And I've been like the last two Eagles games. I've kind of like checked in on because I'm trying to watch Jalen too. Every time he gets the ball, every time Miles Sanders gets the ball, the crowd goes wild. They're like, oh, thank God. Yeah, there you go. It's like they're trying to like positive reinforcement for Nick Sirianni. Like every time you hand it off, we're going to cheer. So Maybe hand it off. It. Like they just they, they so desperately want them to use the running backs. So Kenneth Gainwell kind of got the boost while Sanders was out. It's tough to know for sure if he's going to be the guy. They seem to really like him. They've used Boston Scott in the past to fill in when Sanders has been hurt, or if Sanders couldn't go for other reasons. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm not sure if they're going to start yeah. and give Gainwell all the looks. That would make sense given what's happened so far this year. But the minute you sleep on Boston Scott, he had a couple of monster games. Last year, year before, late you had in the him season. last year, didn't you? I feel like you had him. Probably, it's probably some rando <laughs> I picked up and was like blowing up, you know. And so you're like, you don't want to count him out either. So it could unfortunately be another annoying split if they just sub uh, Boston Scott right in where Miles Sanders was. They're only running the ball like twelve times a game anyway. I was Who gonna knows? say, or they just decide never to run the ball ever again. So it was like, oh, finally, now we don't have to make a decision. Let's just not run it. Great. Let's just not run it. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Um, and Zach Wilson went out in his game as well. suffered a uh, strained PCL. He's going to be out two to four weeks. Mike White, who is a former Western Kentucky star, will be taking Hilt over the part. offense. Uh, although they did just make a deal for Joe Flacco. So maybe they're going to try and drop Flacco oh, in there this God. week. Either way, uh, it's not good <laughs> and not going to be better. <laughs> if Joe Flacco is your, uh, your answer, you're in trouble. But I don't. Yeah. Zach Wilson just doesn't want to play the Patriots anymore. What was it in his first game against the Patriots? He threw four interceptions on his first like six passes, and yeah. now obviously he gets hurt. wasn't playing well anyway. Patriots just have his number, man. So maybe just has the Jets. They've won twelve straight against the Jets. Had Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. Sorry, I'll get off my Patriots rant, but uh, I mean it's it's worth mentioning. Yeah, bench all of your Jets when they play the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's some rumors heating up about Deshaun Watson again. Here we go. Trade deadlines Shocker. coming up November 2nd. 
the Dolphins have a lot of interest. Carolina, who benched Sam Darnold this game, they've got interest as well. And he has a no trade clause, so he has the ability to say if he is willing to go to either of those places. I, from what I've heard, at least I think he's open to both. I don't know about this man. I don't want to get into all yeah. the details of whether he's worth a shit as a person or not. But I would just say, like, I don't know what the league's going to do. I mean, I I feel like the league's going to be in a real bind, and I yeah. don't know that he's going to get off the ice this this year in particular. So even if he does get traded, he might not get to play. But at the same time, like, these teams probably, they, they know a lot more than we do, so that maybe they know something, and they're, like, checking with the league office to be like, hey, if we make this deal, what's going to happen? Like, I don't know. You, obviously, they're right. going to do the due diligence, so you, you think they would be asking about it. What's so crazy is, you know, the the whole legal issues aside, this was the worst handling of a player's situation and trade request I have ever seen. You know, obviously Watson was upset with what was going on last season. Again, this is all legal issues aside. This is just purely the football side of it. But he comes into the offseason basically is saying, I want to be traded, which is not unheard of. Obviously, players do make that kind of request all the time. You get the new GM here, Nick Casero, and uh, he just says, nope. We're not going to trade you. We're not going to trade him. So don't even bother calling us. Like, So now all of a sudden, it was always, okay, now it's all in a Miami. Deshaun would love to go play in Miami. That's the hot spot. But if you're Miami, Tua's not playing bad. I know you're still not winning games, but it's not like it's all on Tua. And with Tua, he hasn't gotten a chance to fully show what he is capable of. I think you and I were talking about it prior to the show. He's still getting fully healthy. He's still getting fully NFL ready, and he's getting there. And he's showing those flashes. So why risk it? Risk losing that young talent to go for Deshaun Watson, who is such a question mark at this point as to when or if he'll be able to play again. It just seems so crazy to me. And now they're throwing Carolina in the mix. I mean, Sam Darnold just he he's going to have to have a lot of therapy, just being tossed around by different franchises who keep saying that they're he is their franchise quarterback. So yeah, this is just a mess and. I don't know. It just doesn't seem worth it. Good news for Darnold is he's got plenty of money to pay for that. Um, <laughs> so let's not pity him too much. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think the bigger question for me, I guess it's like his court stuff's not going to happen until next year. And so, yeah. you know, obviously in this country, you're innocent until proven guilty. There's a lot of PR issues, obviously with this too, regardless of like on, on multiple sides, maybe you get him for the rest of the season, but there's no guarantee the guy's gonna be able to play next year. Like if you're a franchise, are you willing to give up like multiple firsts or first and second round picks, like several picks, go for a guy you can get for like eight weeks? Like I don't know. I mean, golly. I guess what we should all we really need to care about is like the fantasy analysis of this. Right. If you got an open bench spot and you're desperate at quarterback, maybe you got Russell Wilson hurt, maybe you you failed on your guy, you went after, you waited too long, and you end up with somebody that you're you're not in love with. You got an open bench spot, fine. Throw him on your bench. You can put him in IR until he's activated, if he's activated. Throw him on your bench. There's obviously a ton of upside there. The guy's a, a great football player. Um, I just, you've seen too many of these. You've seen, it's, it's like Josh Gordon. Like you've seen too many of these go through where you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. And then the NFL steps in and slaps, you know, an eight game suspension on somebody. And you're just like, well, that was kind of for nothing. Now, I think the good news is we'll know in the next week or two. So you're not going to have to sure. sit on him for eight weeks to find out if he's going to ever be able to play. So you'll know in the next week or two. So let's say if you got a spot and you want to go with it, Stash him. Um, you do you. Let's move on to some really positive news. Tighten up, baby. They whooped <laughs> Kansas City's ass this week. All waiting. right, that's two to top AFC teams laying down the wood. How about that? How about Derrick Henry tossing a touchdown, man? That was a nice little jump yeah, he pass. Didn't know he could do that, huh? Didn't know he could do that. <laughs> He's been working with Tebow on that jump pass. No, what's awesome is just that the Titans are finally putting it all together. Back-to-back weeks against two top teams in the AFC. They're just fun to watch, man. They're just showing what they can do. And holy buckets, they're going to be tough to stop. Uh, so kudos to you, my Nashvillian friend. Yeah. Kudos. This is the team we got to see last last couple of years where you're just like, man, this play action is running perfectly. And Tannehill mm-hmm. runs play action perfectly. And so you're kind of like, it's, it is hard to stop, you know, because the minute you can on the run, A.J. Brown is a freak. And Finally, to cover thank him. goodness, AJ. Yeah. Thank you. He's back. He's back. He's so, back. But good for them. What do we say? Getting healthy. What do we say? Uh, what do we say about KC though? I mean, three and four right now. Mahomes looked bad. He was in protocol for I think a second, but he's out. Um, I mean, are we are we worried about rough, Kansas man. City? 
I personally am. I mean, they got issues. There are some issues there. This is not – even if Tennessee's playing lights out right now, their defense has not been playing lights out. And Kansas City put up three points. So, yeah, yeah, I'd say there are some issues bigger than just playing a tough schedule or whatever for Kansas City. I don't know what they got to do to get right. I kind of hope they do. I mean, they're good for the NFL. When Tyreek Hill, to me, is, is the most fun player to watch or one of the most fun players to watch in the NFL. Mm-hmm. If he's not on or Mahomes is not on, like – I don't know. It's it's kind of sad, but I can't say I really uh, care that much because tighten up, baby. <laughs> That's all that matters. Tighten up. That's all that matters. Uh, let's move on. Lions. Man, Lions put up a fight. I kind of hey, I, I, I sort of hinted toward this. I was like, you know what? They're going to come out with a chip on their shoulder, man. They might they give are. the Rams they all they asked for. And you know the Rams yeah. overlooking them too. But I mean, Lions. Jared Goff put up some solid numbers in that game. I mean, I'll tell you what, though. DeAndre Swift... RB two on the season right now, based on what he's, he is the Lions' offense right now. And he's looking spectacular. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was a little scary. I'm sure Matty Stafford was not liking what he was seeing early on in that game, but obviously the Rams were able to settle down. Um, kind of reminds that they were playing the lions and not the bucks. <laughs> so yeah, it was interesting. Those lions, they, they, they're scrappy. They're not going to give up. They'll, uh, they'll push you. They're probably not going to win, but they'll, they'll test you early. and then they'll fade. <laughs> yep. Yep. A couple of quick hitters here. Uh, Cardinals and bucks cruised. They're still looking pretty unstoppable. Uh, Cardinals still undefeated. Jamar chase is freaking man out there. My this gosh. dude has been blowing up. He's a top five, top three receiver. I think this year eight for two Oh one and a touchdown against the Ravens. Just unreal. Well, real quick on that, you you were texting me during that game like, why is Joe Burrow still throwing 50-yard bombs when they're up by 30? I mean... I think Joe Burrow must have had Jamar Chase on his team. Yeah, thankfully I wasn't playing against Chase or Burrow, but I was just like, dang, dude, this is... They're putting on a freaking show. I mean, that's yeah. a statement game right there. So the Bengals are on top of the AFC, if you can believe it. The wow. Bengals are on top of the AFC. I'll say it again. Kyle Pitts, also a man. Seven for 163 against Miami. He's got a ton of chunk plays in that game. I was watching the stat tracker on that. It was like 28-yard catch, 43-yard catch, 20-yard catch. I mean, the guy is well, a freak out there. Did you see that one-handed grab he had down the sideline? That was unbelievable. Yeah, it was throwing it was gee, it looked like uncatchable. He just reaches his dang paw out there and hauls it in yeah. on the sideline, getting that. his feet in. Yep. He did that at Florida every game. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I watched every game. He ran the sideline like that. Unreal. And, uh, Thursday night, uh, Dearness Johnson looked great. He did. I know you were not liking that early on because you were playing towel and he had picked up Dearness Johnson. <laughs> so you were not torn. happy about that. <laughs> it was one of those where I was torn. He's like, I had to play him in another league. And I was like, yeah, go. And I was like, well, we'll but slow down a little bit. Hey, hey <laughs> do, do well, but not great. Not too uh, well. So he looked great. I think he's going to he'll get some work because Hunt's on IR. So even if Chubb comes back next week, Dearness is definitely going to get some work in there as they ease he's Chubb back, playing back in. So I think he'll be he'll be a decent flex play this week, at least until Hunt comes back. Um, Khalil Herbert, wow, both of our boy. I would say your boy because you played him in DraftKings, but I, I've got him on my team. I'm going to be starting him this week. Put up 100 yards on the Bucks, man. That's not easy to do. And, and that's even with uh, really good. And that's even with Williams coming off the COVID list too. So he played, and they showed they just yep. stuck with Herbert, clearly being the number one guy while Montgomery's out. So yeah, yeah, he's Khalil. he's the hot hand. He's the hot hand, and they're going to keep riding him as long as Montgomery's out. I don't, I don't think this is a real threat to Montgomery when he comes no. back, but I do think, I do think Herbert's going to get decent run as a second option, kind of like in years past you've seen Tariq Cohen or even Damian Williams last year. I, I think, uh, or in the past, um, I think you'll see somebody spell him a little bit. Is this the uh, first time in NFL history that there have been two Khalils on the same team? You know what? I'll have to, I'll have to get our stat team to check that out. Hey, Stat Boy, can you go check on that? Stat Boy. Thank you. We yeah. need some interns. We, when are we getting interns? Let's reprise Tony Reale as Stat Boy for our show and see if he'll do it. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll come out. I think he'll do it. Um, Sunday night game. Ugh. Well, I had to watch this whole thing because I had so many guys going in it. And I was just you like, did. I was texting you. I was like, dude, I'm screwed. I am screwed here because I needed Debo, Pittman, and Jonathan Taylor to all have big games. And then I started thinking, well, Taylor's probably going to have a big game because it's raining. So like Taylor looked really good. But they can't throw the ball. If you watched it, like they'd throw, they'd throw the ball, and it would literally duck. It would just be wobbling ducks, mm-hmm. and it would come up way short. There'd be a guy wide open, like forty yards down the field. And I'm like, 
he can't throw it that far. It's just not going to happen. But eventually, I don't know if it the rain lightened up or what, but eventually they started getting the passing game going. Debo looked unguardable, uh, even with triple teams. He was getting he was getting catches, and Michael Pittman is he's a freak. Michael too. Pittman, I mean, he's 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 a big dude. They're both big mm-hmm. dudes. Pittman's a man. Yeah, they they looked good. They looked really good. Yeah, and th- I feel like this game was even rainier than the Bucks Patriots game, and man, it was brutal to watch. I mean, you would just see Jimmy Garoppolo. He would have a wide open guy, and they would just pan over to him after the throw sailed over. He just he just looked bewildered, like what is happening? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? With how this? so? That, how many fumbled snaps were there, and just dropping the ball? It was yikes. There were a ton of fumbles, drops, fumbled snaps. To your point, um, guy trying to pass the ball. Like Wentz had an interception that they called a fumble because he he was like leaning forward and tried to just get rid of it and push like shot, put it, but it sort of like just slipped out of his hand. And so rather yeah. than him actually throwing it, they're like, Oh, it's more of a fumble than a throw. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was just, it was weird, but yeah, whatever. Weird game. And then I gotta, I gotta mention this now. It's probably a long time coming at this point. I got to take the L on Justin Fields. The dude was terrible. Whoa. The bears cannot pass the ball. No, he is not ready for prime time. And I don't know. I don't know what if it's if it's play calling or it's him. It's definitely a combination at least. But it it could be as much him as his play calling. He's just struggling, man. He is struggling. Similar to uh, Moira's wigs, Kristen Robin. I guess you cannot have Justin Fields and Matt Nagy uh, together. They have to be separate. <laughs> they must be separate. Don't get smoke on him. He'll never be the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you remember when uh, when the apartment was smoked out and Roland's running in there and Moyer's making him get all of her wigs. <laughs> get that freaking smoke on it. It'll never be the same. It'll never be the oh, same. Fantastic. They can't be together. They can't be together. Fantastic. So there's some, some highlights and lowlights from the week. Let's, uh, let's jump into the cheese segment. Let's jump into spreading the cheese on players. We like folding in the cheese on players. We're not totally trusting yet. Cutting the cheese on players. We are done with. Let me tee this first <laughs> one up for you. All right, I'm ready. Your boy, Zach Ertz, who you were hating on last week. He I was. goes to Arizona. Three catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown on five targets in his first game in Arizona. What would you think about all that? I mean, that's great. That's a great start for him. Uh, I'm still I'm still not spreading the cheese on him just because you got to show me a bigger resume. Um, again, he's talented, but there are just so many great options there. So I'm going to fold it. I'm not, not cutting him. I'm not spreading it. I'm going to fold it on him. Great start, but keep show me habits i want to see it uh keep going i am going to say i'm much closer to spreading on this and i'll tell you a couple reasons why one first game there obviously you want to get the guy involved and i so mm-hmm. i get if like if he had a first game pop and then he, he tails off for a couple weeks i would understand it we did have concerns about target share which i think are valid biggest thing to me and this is kind of what i found most interesting one of his comments after the game was like man i've i've never seen that much green in the middle of the field before <laughs> the dude has never been that open. He's never, or yeah. he's never been single covered or, you know, he's always been a focal point of defenses because the Eagles haven't had a great receiver in years, you know? And so I think he's, he's got a chance to really ball out and, he does. and create a lot of mismatches. And even though there are a lot of mouths to feed, I think he's your, honestly, your second best option behind DeAndre. And so that I doesn't mean, mean they're going to target him second most, but I, I do right. think, he creates the, the best matchup mismatches uh, other than DeAndre. So I wouldn't be surprised if he really does ball out here. I mean, that's the thing. I wouldn't be surprised, but I feel like he's got the talent. He's don't get me wrong. He's a great tight end. I just, he could have games where he'll give you seven catches for a hundred yards and a couple touchdowns. But I also feel like in this offense, he could have games where he has two catches for 20 yards just because, I mean, you look at DeAndre Hopkins, he's had some games where he got three targets and he is clearly their top receiver, one of the top in the NFL. Um, it's it's tough to predict who's going to have the bigger the the biggest games. AJ Green had a stretch there; where he was awesome. Hell, last weekend he was great. So I don't know. Don't get me wrong; Zach Ertz is a very good player, but I just don't think consistently you can be able to say, "Yeah, he's going to get me ten to twelve points every week." Yeah, I, I I don't I don't totally disagree with that. But I guess the one big difference is we're not talking about a wide receiver; we're talking about a tight end. 
And so right. in comparison, you know, it's like if AJ Green has a dead week, that really hurts you because you could have started Michael Pittman or somebody, you know what I mean? Like somebody, mm-hmm. there are so many receivers that are going off this year that like, you know, you, you, and you got to play three of them or two or three, right? So I understand there's more of them too, but listen, if a tight end gets me three for 45, that doesn't actually kill me. All right. Seven and a half points for a tight end doesn't totally submarine your whole team. And I don't know what his floor is going to be. And maybe, maybe I'm way off and he, he does have that one for 12 floor. If he does, mm-hmm. that hurts you pretty bad. But like, you don't need a whole lot of a tight end, especially this year, to be startable every week. And so that's, I that's think bad. that's why I'm more, more likely to spread than, than okay. just fold. But I'm somewhere in between. I got you. That's fair. All right. Well, uh, moving on from Mr. Zach Ertz, we have your boy, Antonio Gibson. What are you feeling? He's got that injury going. Offense is just in shambles. What are you thinking with him, my friend? Man, I have analyzed this dude, and I've got a, my, our boy Ricky, who's in our league, is a big Washington fan. I'm sitting here texting, like, dude, what is going on? What are you hearing? Are you reading anything? Like, you follow this team. What does it look like? You watch every game. What does it look like? Yeah. And he is, he's just so out on their offense in general that he's really just worried that Gibson's never going to be totally viable. He's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good the guy is. He's like, McLaurin is our only star and they're doing everything they can just to make him relevant. And this, this offense is so bad. The defense is so bad. It's putting them in holes. And he's like, I, I just don't have a lot of faith in him. Like, so I'm, I talked to Ricky's. I'm like, Hey, if you know, you got a Homer in your league, you approach them first. Hey, you got an interest in Gibson. He doesn't have much interest in getting Gibson. So I can't trade him away to Ricky right now. That's a home run. So I have, I have concerns. I don't, I still, I still think the guy's good. And he's honestly, he's running pretty well. Like he'll get like 14 for 60 is like a normal stat line for him. That's five yards of carry. That's good. But I don't know, man. It's, it's not, it's not going that well. And I'm not stoked about that. So what are you doing? Are you cutting, folding, spreading? I can't cut. I just got to, I got to fold, I guess, you know, um, I got to fold. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm folding also just because, you know, he is a little banged up. Uh, the bye week is coming up. So hopefully that's kind of their, their get right moment. Hopefully they just kind of let him rest a little bit. Cause you're right. The talents there coming into the season, he was a, a top ranked running back. Everyone was kind of drooling over. I feel like granted Washington is kind of, not met the expectations this season because everyone was high on McLaurin, really high on Gibson. I mean, Fitzpatrick was going to be a good fit for that offense. So, man, it's it's tough to see such a talent kind of not showing up. But again, we don't know how banged up he is. So I'm folding on him, but uh, you know, I still have that faith that maybe after the bye week they'll come back, kind of re-energize for him at least, and just realize we gotta we gotta give this guy more touches. So I'm, I'm hopeful yeah. for him. I agree. Maybe he gets a little healthier as well. Also, Stat Boy got in my ear here and told me uh, 14 for 60 is just over four yards of carry. So wanted, to, wanted to clean that up. Stat Boy, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. All right, next one up, Julio Jones, one of your boys. You told me to draft him in one of my leagues, so I did. And I you know, love Titans. Four targets this week. Yeah. Two catches, 38 yards. All right, here are his fantasy totals so far in the games he's played. 5.9 points, 19.8 points. 7.7 points, 8.9 points, 5.8 points. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what. As an A.J. Brown owner, I am spreading the cheese on Julio Jones. Keep him in there. Keep getting that big-time coverage, freeing up A.J. So I'm I'm spreading Julio Jones all over that damn field. As a fantasy <laughs> owner, um, man, it's concerning because he, you know, he's had one good game. Um, and now they're actually starting to click the past two weeks. They've been hitting all cylinders and he's not. So that's, that's concerning. Um, I tell you what, he is not a guy you can cut the cheese and I'm not cutting him. I'm I'm folding him as cautiously as I am, uh, just because it's, it's still Julio Jones and their offense. Oh man, I don't know. It's tough. It's still Julio Jones. He's still going to be getting involved at some point. Consistently is the question, but I, so that's why I'm folding. Definitely not cutting. So I'm I'm going to fold as well. And one thing I th- I was worried about going into the season was he didn't participate in any of the camps or because mm-hmm. he was injured. And so it was like, yeah, Julio's out again today. And I'm like, you're not you're not building timing with Tannehill. You're not right. running the routes in the offense. You're not getting a feel for it. Like not only getting back into game shape and all of that, but you're in a new team and a new offensive system. 
And it's not just Julio right, Julio left, you know, go get open backyard football. You know, it's, is a very specific timing type plays. Right. So I, part of me wants to believe that second half of the season, he's, things are going to click a little better. And he's going to kind of turn it on. I know they can support two receivers because Corey Davis had a great year last year. Yep. And so we've seen it work. I would predict that Julio will bounce up and down for at least the next six weeks. And maybe at the very end of the season, he wins somebody a championship. And that's why I wouldn't cut him, but I wouldn't start him until he does it two, maybe even three weeks in a row. Honestly, I'm not going to start him the next time he has a big game. I just think you've got to probably have better options than that. Yeah. But I'm, so I'm folding the cheese, but folding I'm really hopeful. Okay. Okay. All right. Next, we're going to the QB position. Uh, one Carson Wentz obviously kind of struggled a little bit in the rain, but who didn't? But right now, he's got four straight games with over 20 fantasy points and four straight games with two passing touchdowns and no interceptions. I know we called that fumble or that what could have been an interception of fumble the last game, but regardless, he's playing pretty well, man. How are you feeling about him? I actually I, I don't like the Colts and don't want them to do well, and I don't even really <laughs> like Carson Wentz. I don't think he's that great, but I got to admit the guy's playing well. And yeah. I think this is an absolutely an indication of him getting healthier. And again, you know, again, more time in the offense, more time with his weapons. Um, establishing Jonathan Taylor has helped open up the passing lanes. Michael Pittman, again, I, I believe in Michael Pittman all the way. So, yeah, I, I like I kind of like Wentz. I don't know that he's ever going to I'm not sure that he's going to be like a 400 yard guy and he's just going to blow it out. I think he's a little bit more of a game manager in, in an ideal situation for them because they want to lean on the run. But um, yeah, I'm I'm buying it. I would say I'm, I guess I'm spraying the cheese. I don't know he's he's not gonna be top ten. I'm not gonna start him in most leagues, but he's a great bye week fill in. I've used him myself and been real happy about it. Great bye week fill in, and if you need to secure somebody from an injury, he'd be a good person to stash on your bench as well. Yeah, for sure. I too am uh, spreading the cheese on on Carson just because he's getting better. He's getting more comfortable. You know, he is a touchdown interception rate of 11 to 1 and that's taking care of the ball i know he's had some fumbles here and there uh and early on the season he had the injuries but he's he's getting there and the colts are starting to figure it out again they were one of the more disappointing teams through seven weeks just because everyone had such high hopes for them and they come out two and four this was a good statement game a gross game against san francisco to come out and win that one on the road in tough situation so i really think they're slowly starting to put it together and Wentz is a big part of that um, I'm liking what I'm seeing with him and Pittman, you know, T Y Hilton's just starting to come back and I think he was hurt again, but, um, and again, Jonathan Taylor being a beast is only going to help him more. So I'm definitely spreading the cheese on Carson. Um, and don't give her, trust me, I'm not, I was never a big Carson guy, but from what I've been seeing of him so far, especially of, of the past four weeks, I'm, I'm spreading it on him. Yeah, I agree. All right. Last one here. We got Tyler Boyd who is slot receiver for Cincinnati. He's got three straight stinkers after a big game against Jacksonville. 6.4 points, 1.7, and 7.9 points last three games. Joe Burrow is slinging it. Mm -hmm. What's going on with Tyler Boyd? What do you think? That is kind of bizarre because uh, the Bengals are hot right now, which whoever thought we'd be saying that, or at least in the next year or two. But, hey, here we are atop of the AFC. But, yeah, it is kind of odd because – you know, coming into the season, Jamar Chase, who was kind of an uncertainty just with the terrible preseason he had. We knew they had T. Higgins, who's a, a great receiver in his own mind. And uh, Tyler Boyd was kind of seen as the guy, especially with A.J. Green gone. So to see these three state straight stinkers in a row is a little concerning, but I'm I'm definitely not cutting them. I'm, I'm folding on them just because it is a little concerning, but at the same time, he's got that great talent and he's got that great quarterback. They've got a good run game going with Mixon and Perrine in the backfield. So you can't sleep on that offense. And I think you're going to see a lot more keying on Jamar Chase now, uh, which will open things up for Tyler getting in that slot. And um, I I think he's he'll be okay. So I'm folding on him. I'm not worried about him, but I, I can't necessarily have the utmost confidence at this point, but I'm, I'm definitely keeping him with just looking at matchups for starts. Let's be clear. You can't guard... Jamar Chase. It doesn't matter if they're, <laughs> if they're keying in on him. This dude is a freak. He's a different. He's a different kind. Um, so here's my my thoughts on Tyler Boyd. I I am folding only because I I wouldn't want to give up a piece of that Bengals offense right now. Yep. Just because the potential is too high. I'm not starting this guy. Same as Julio. I'm not starting him until I see at least a couple games in a row where they've made a point to get him more involved. You would think a slot receiver is looking at those six for sixty, seven for seventy kind of lines. He's not seeing any of that. So until and instead they're they're getting CJ Uzoma involved. 
That's true. Every other week, out. it's like I hate that, right? So, um, I'm I have no confidence in Tyler Boyd. I would cut him in a heartbeat if if not for the fact that Joe Burrow is playing lights out and the Bengals offense is slinging it. And so in that in that regard, I think you got to hang on to him. But I'm putting him on the bench, and he's there for a while until I see otherwise. Okay. So he's in your doghouse until he starts. He's in my doghouse. That's Uh-oh, right. Oh, you hear that, he's Tyler? Watch out! Watch, watch out! It. All right, man. What do you think? We uh, get into some blind resumes. Let's do it. Love me some blind resumes. Uh, you want to go first? You want me to to tee you up? Why don't you give me one first? You've got three, right? I've got two. Yeah, I got three. All right, sweet. Okay. So we are gonna start with. Let's go with running backs. Okay. Okay. So just a reminder, I will give you his uh, two-player stats. I will not give you the name, and you pick which one you would prefer to have on your team, and if you want to guess who it is, awesome. All right, here we go. Running back A has 93 carries on the year for 413 yards, four rushing touchdowns. He also has 27 receptions for 222 yards, but no receiving touchdowns. Okay, that's running back A. And that's for a total of 114 fantasy points. Running back B has 123 carries, 539 rushing yards, also four rushing touchdowns. Uh, Running back B only has 13 receptions for 90 yards and one receiving touchdown, coming out to a total of 106 fantasy points. Who you got? Mm. Wow. It's a lot of carries for running back B. These guys have both played seven games or six? Both played seven. Okay. Good question. Hmm. Due diligence. So I like, let me just tell you, I'll just, uh, rather than sit here in silence, I'll walk through my <laughs> math here. <laughs> All right. So I like the number of carries that running back B is getting. That's yep. pretty substantial. You know, uh, a lot of yardage from that too. Uh, over four yards of carry, four touchdowns is solid for both of them. I like that. Receptions, you're just looking at two a game, so not stoked about that in a PPR setting. Uh, and 106 points is what it is. Running back A, a little bit more of a split back in the sense that we're probably getting, you know, um, 12, 13, 14 carries a game, but also getting a solid four receptions a game. Um, so similar amount of total touches, but um, more more involved in the receiving game. I guess I'm going to go with uh, with player A because of the receiving volume there. And okay. So going with running back A. Yeah. Running yeah. back B was Joe Mixon. Yeah, boy. Nice. Okay. Running back B was Joe Mixon. Running back A is one Leonard Fournette. Yes. So for comparison, Joe Mixon was the 18th overall pick in our league and Leonard Fournette was 99th. So... Yeah, and they're just nice. right one. Uh, they're right next to each other in the rankings in the running back rankings. So, so let me ask you: now that we yeah. know who they are, who would you rather have rest of the season? Leonard Fournette. You know, really? I hate Joe Mixon. I will never take Joe Mixon again. So, what if you took their names off? Their specific but names off. Right. It and this is okay. This is a second right. round pick, pedigree on the Bengals. Who is I healthy? Mean, you're right. This is these are blind resumes. Um, so if I didn't know the name. I honestly think I would probably go with A just because I like the receptions. I like that ability um, to, especially in a PPR league, I love the point per reception. And I'm sorry, I like getting those catches. Yeah. It's for a game. So that's kind of a, a nice safety valve. Yeah, these guys are both in great situations right now. I I would even, like, maybe I'd look at schedule rest of the season, which is the one thing that, only thing that concerns me about Fournette. He doesn't have a great running back matchup specifically, but they're getting him involved in the passing game. That offense is unstoppable. He's if I had on, to choose man. between Joe Mixon and Fournette, and you told me they were both going to be healthy for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. that'd be a really tough choice. It's a tough one. You know? It's a really tough choice. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Here's my first one for you. I got I got a couple wide receivers for you here, okay? Okay, I'm ready. Wide receiver one. You're going to see a target disparity. So wide receiver one has got 52 targets, 32 catches, for 281 yards and two touchdowns. 71.1 fantasy points. Wide receiver two. Okay. 35 targets, 26 catches, mm. 300, 311 yards, two touchdowns, 70.1 fantasy points. Wow. All right. So, yeah, clearly one guy one is getting a lot. One point separates two of them. 
One point separates them. Wow. Yeah. I mean, not too many receiving yards as a whole, uh, but one guy's getting so many more looks. That's crazy. Um, I mean, obviously the catches are relatively the same. I mean, just based on this, I got to go with the guy who's getting more looks just because they're trying to get him more involved. Um, I mean, obviously the guy who's catching uh, only has 35 targets or 26 catches is doing more with his receptions, but Again, I'm I like the higher volume and the higher opportunity, so I'm going with uh, wide receiver A. Okay, okay. So I thought you might say that because of the targets, which I don't disagree yeah. with. Eventually, you got to think they got to catch those balls. The catch ratio is much better on receiver B, though, right? I mean, yes, he's catching yes. a better percentage. But anyway, so wide receiver A is Calvin Ridley, who was. I had a feeling it was going to be Calvin. I had a feeling it was Calvin. Seventy-one fantasy points. I should have mentioned both of these guys have had their bye week. Okay. Um, wide receiver B is KJ Osborne, third receiver for wow, Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota. Okay. He is one point behind Calvin Ridley. And Thanks. Ridley was <laughs> drafted number 20 overall. And KJ yep. Osborne, obviously, no one even knew his name going into the season. <laughs> so there you go. I, I had it in the back of my head. I was thinking, is that Calvin Ridley? Especially because I was just looking at him this morning saying, what's, what's Calvin up to these days? But okay. I'm happy with Calvin. I'll keep him up to no good. Up to no. So that good. means you you have to drop him, and I just get to pick him up, or I'll pick up KJ Osborne. I'll trade him for Calvin Ridley. Deal. Perfect. All yeah. Right. Perfect. All right. Get on the books. Y'all heard it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you a couple quarterbacks. Change it up a little bit. Okay. All right. Here's quarterback A. He has 2,172 yards, 19 touchdowns, four interceptions. He also has 20 carries. For 24 yards for no no touchdowns that is good uh, for 205 points um quarterback b has 2100 passing yards 18 touchdowns nine interceptions but 32 carries for 219 yards and one touchdown who are you leaning towards holy cow a lot more uh rushing on the number Number two there, huh? Mm-hmm. So you said, read me the rushing stats again real quick. Yeah. So for quarterback A, it was 20 carries for 24 yards. Quarterback B, yeah. 32 carries for 219 yards. And I'm sorry, uh, quarterback B has 204 points. So one point uh, disparity. Okay. Yeah, I I think you're looking at real similar passing yards, real similar touchdowns, big difference in the rushing ability there. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously one's having some trouble taking care of the ball, so that, that does hurt, especially in the leagues where you've got negatives for throwing interceptions. Uh, that concerns me, but the rushing I think is uh is a big difference there. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with quarterback B. Okay. You want quarterback A quarterback A is Matthew Stafford. Okay, so that's, nice. that's who you passed on. And quarterback B... rushing yards. Yeah, right. That's Tom Brady-esque. Uh, quarterback B was the number one quarterback drafted, Patrick Mahomes. Hmm. So it's interesting. Exceptions. Yeah. So Patrick Mahomes was 25th overall, and Matthew Stafford was 103rd. So Yikes. interesting. Yeah, I mean... Hey, we told people not to draft quarterback early. That's what we said. This is what happens. Well, you, what happens. Want to know the, you want to know who the top-ranked quarterback is. I know. It's Tom Brady. I know that. It's Tom Brady. And I got him, I think, 99th. And he knows so. it. He remembers it, too. That's why he's well, that's why I almost, out. I almost put him on the blind resume, too. I was like, uh, should I put Tom? Nah, I won't put him on there. <laughs> that probably would have been a giveaway with his 21 touchdowns and 2,200 yards. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I've got some tight ends for us real quick here. This will be a fun, interesting experiment here. All right. So this is kind of similar to what I did the first time around. So maybe maybe it'll be an obvious choice for you again. But I've got tight end one, 37 targets, 31 catches. Good ratio there. 359 yards, three touchdowns, 84.9 fantasy points. Okay. Good total. Tight end two. Tight end two. These guys have both had their bye weeks too, by the way. Oh, wow. Okay. So we're talking six games. Tight end two. 53 targets, 33 catches, 378 yards, 
two touchdowns, 83.8 fantasy points. These guys are separated by 1.1 fantasy point. Huh. Well, once again, yeah, as you said, quite the target disparity. So I'm thinking that tight end B is one of your higher profile, higher name guys, whereas tight end A is... Why do I feel like tight end A is like Dalton Schultz or something? Am I right? Just give me that guess. Is that Dalton Schultz? Don't answer that yet. Damn it. Um, Oh, man. So that's tough, man, because I always like to see more targets, even if they're missing it. I'm going to just stay consistent. So I'm going to go with tight end B just because I like targets. Yeah, I figured as much, uh, especially after the Ridley comment. So, yes, tight end B is Darren Waller. He's got 53 targets. Thought it was going to be Dan. You got to figure they're they're pumping the ball to him. Tight end A is Dalton Schultz. That was yes. a great call. Called it. Dalton Schultz <laughs> making the most of his opportunities, balling out. Okay. Um, he's having that Robert Tunyon type of year where he's catching everything that's thrown at him. Jeez. So. Oh, okay. I will say, um, listen, Waller was drafted twenty eighth overall. Schultz obviously not drafted in not our league. Drafted. So he was twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. Wow. Yep. Three picks after Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Third round. All right. I got one more for you. Going back to wide receivers. All right. Wide receiver A. 50 targets, 35 receptions, 423 yards, three touchdowns. Also has four carries for 18 yards, just so you know. Hey, Wide receiver B. Also 50 targets, also 35 receptions. For 508 yards and two touchdowns and two carries for eight yards. Uh, both mm, of these players have one. Both players have 100 fantasy points. Hmm. Okay. I mean, you're looking at the same targets, same receptions. Exactly. More yards for one guy, more touchdowns for another guy. Uh, don't don't forget about the carries. And a couple of little carries. In there. <laughs> I mean, I think these are pretty interchangeable, obviously. Um, they are. I guess because touchdowns are a little fluky and hard to predict, I'd go with the yardage guy. Okay. Um, so that's the only rationale. The only thing I would think separates them at all. Those two okay, things. So you're going like touchdowns and you think that's predictable. Then you go touchdowns. I don't know how predictable that is. Maybe that, maybe that means more red zone looks, but sometimes it's like a long touchdown or whatever. I'll take the guy with more yardage. Okay, so you're going with wide receiver B. Uh, mm-hmm. He did, He also went with fewer carries. Yikes. Uh, wide receiver yes. A was Robert Woods. So you pass up on Mr. Woods for okay. your boy, Michael Pittman Jr. Oh, nice. Uh, yep. So you got him 94th overall, while Robert Woods went 32nd. So he's a. Uh, and I, I got to tell stars. you, I. This could be tough because Robert Woods could be turning it on, you know, and like could finally be getting back to the Robert Woods that he's supposed to be. But I think I'd like Pittman rest of the year over Woods for me. What do you think? I mean, he's shown it consistently. Robert Woods, I think, had that one or two good games that really boosted his fantasy numbers um, where Pittman's Mm -hmm. been pretty solid throughout. So, I mean, you'd think Cooper Cup's going to come down to earth pretty soon, but and Robert Woods would fill right in, but maybe not. (laughs) <laughs> no signs. No signs of it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Michael Pittman could be the the more consistent play. Would you rather have Mahomes or Stafford rest of year if you knew they were both healthy? Whew. I mean, both healthy. The way these offenses are going, I would say Stafford, just because they also have an established run game and they have more than one. Or I guess I mean, obviously the Chiefs have Kelsey too, but yeah, I think Stafford's looking good, man. That Rams offense is looking good. I know it seems sacrilegious to say him over Mahomes, but yikes, man. It's looking good. Well, I, once again, love the blind resumes. It's a good segment. Let's move on to some waiver wire targets for the week. We're still in some buys this week, and maybe you got some injuries or whatever, so we'll hit with some quarterbacks here. We talked about it earlier. Carson Wentz, I think, would be a good target for you. Tua, I mean, keep your ears and eyes peeled for this trade potential if he's out of miami then i don't love him as much if he has to go houston not at all Um, but he's he's been playing lights out last couple weeks he -hmm. dropped over 30 points last week i mean he's killed it Derek carr has been kind of returning to form had some inconsistency there for a couple weeks but he's back uh mac jones yo boy has looked really good and they're letting him sling it a little bit more and test it out not gonna blow you away not gonna blow you away but he'll get you like 20-ish points 
20-ish points. And if you need that for a bye week, go for it. And then don't forget about Trevor Lawrence, who was kind of gaining steam. Uh, he's coming out of the bye. They want to see what they got out of the guy. They want to let him sling it as well, build his confidence. So I'm always interested to see a guy coming out of a bye week. What what new stuff have you installed? Guys are getting healthy. Let's see how you look when you come back. Um, you got to think probably negative game script a fair amount. So I know he was the number one overall pick. Would you consider him simply the best? <laughs> simply the best. I would say he's better than all the rest. <laughs> great reference there. And a couple of great um, serenades to that song yes. in Shit's Creek. A couple of great, couple of great times. All right, running backs on the waiver wire. Dearness Johnson, somebody you got to give attention to. Hunt is still on IR for the next couple of weeks. So Dearness is going to get some run. We're not even sure if Chubb's coming back this week. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, we talked about him filling in for Miles Sanders while he's out. Could be Boston Scott, could be Gainwell. Keep your eyes and ears peeled on that one too to hear what the coaches are saying and what the media is reporting as well. And then Samaje Pirine, if you own Joe Mixon, I think you got to have Pirine. I mean, we've both owned Mixon before. We know how those injuries go with him. You don't want to be left without your star running back, and Pirine can fill in if he's out. He's getting a fair amount of looks right now anyway, sort of like A.J. Dillon was doing in Green Bay. He's had 11 carries in the last two games, and he's been pretty effective. So I don't think you have to use a waiver claim on him. I think you can just grab him afterwards. Yeah, I'd say so. Wide receivers, we're looking at uh, Hunter Renfro, still under 50% rostered. How? If you, Why if you is don't he have a place there? in your team for a for a 15-point every week guy, then I don't know how. Maybe you have the best team ever. I'm not sure. During all these buys, if you can't find a spot for him. And he made it on, he made it on blind resumes a couple weeks back, and he was doing DeAndre Hopkins things. So get him <laughs> on your team. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I don't get it. Uh, another name to keep in mind is Rashad Bateman. So he's that rookie out of Minnesota. He's playing in Baltimore right now. Just came back from an injury. He's kind of easing his way into the into the mix. He's uh, he's folding himself into the uh, into the team here. Let's see what you did. Six there. targets in both of the games he's been in. They're going on by. So I think he's going to be even healthier coming out of the by. A little more time to gel with Lamar Jackson. More reps in the NFL. Could have a decent second half. Could be a guy that you know we talked about in our draft. Like I want to stash Elijah Moore in the fifteenth round or whatever. Mm-hmm. this guy could have a shot of doing something, um, especially in that offense. So it might be worth a stash. He was, he was good in college at Minnesota, man. Talk about a big time player. He was good. He was good. He was very good. Uh, tight ends still looking at Ricky seals. Jones. He's only 54% rostered in Yahoo seven targets, six, six catches, 51 yards this week. He is the man until Logan Thomas comes back. So mm-hmm. keep trotting him out there. And then this one's a little more obscure and you're certainly not going to need to put a waiver claim on him, but Mo Ali Cox, again, we talked about tight ends earlier, not putting up a lot of points. He's got eight plus points in four straight games. That doesn't sound like a lot, but he's tied in 17 on the season. <laughs> again, he's been consistent these last few weeks, and as Carson is getting healthier, he's looking for him in the end zone. He caught a touchdown yep. this past week. It's not terrible. If you need a tight end, if you're desperate, he's someone to at least consider. Not a waiver claim, that, someone to consider. That definitely sounds like one of Moira's wigs names. Get me Mo Ali Cox. Going out on the it town. does sound like a wig name. Or three, or maybe three wig names. I need three wigs. Give me Mo, Allie, and Cox. <laughs> they can all be together. That's fine. Bring them on. All right. What do you say we give them a Yahoo League update? Let's Let do that, man. Pretty pumped about it. So, yeah. Start this us off with your fan, your fan-led team. Yeah. So, uh, the one question I had for the fans this week was who I should play at my flex spot because... I was going between, I just picked up Marquez Callaway from the Saints. You know, I had Miles Gaskin. I just, I just didn't know what to do. So the fans decided they voted, led by my man, Vinny Rizopka. And we went with Miles Gaskin, Gaskin, and ended up paying dividends, man. He got me 17 points. So thank you, Vinny, for that uh, heads up and get me that flex spot. Led by Tom Brady. I got four touchdowns out of him. Uh, AJ Brown, thank you very much. So showing up. So I got a big win back on the – I got a winning streak going, Kim. Watch out. Got a two-game winning streak. Climb away back in the standings. Tied for fifth now. So I'll take it. I like the positive move. Look out. Going. He's on to week eight. You. On to week eight. Hey, Vinny, see me afterwards if you want to audition for a co-host spot on Phil <laughs> Just FYI. Damn it. Sorry. Um. Anyway, yeah. Uh, my squad – Beat down Towel for the second time in three weeks and have moved to six and one, sole possession of first place. Pretty stoked about that. My brother took an L, and so it's all me right now. 
And just as I say that, my entire team's going to get injured in practice this week, and I'll be <laughs> decimated. Watch <So>. out! <laughs> Watch out! Try not, try not to gloat. Uh, do you want to give a shout out to my mom, Sonia Troll? Yes. Crushed it again, seven and zero in her Come Yahoo on. league. She oh beat up on gosh. Don this week and had big, that was it? big the weeks team from name, the team name is just Don. No, like, I was like, <laughs> no, like if you join a Yahoo public league, they give you some stupid name. Like I have like Kemper Sweet Team or Swell Team or right. Superb Team this is just or Don. Awesome Team, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, he he's got some other. There's the rest of his name. I just forgot what it was. Oh, okay. uh, but she had she she had Russell Wilson go on injury, and we talked about quarterback fill-ins. Right. We did, and I told her it'd be hit or miss. But Taylor Heineke could be a good play some weeks, and you'll scare you other weeks. This week was a big week for him. So she had Heineke going. She's got Cooper Cup, who's been carrying the team. AJ Brown had a big week. She's got Fournette. I mean, her squad's pretty loaded, and she had Zeke on a bye, so she's doing just fine. She had Cordero she's Patterson. Right. Yeah, dang, she's doing. We got she's doing. Just when's fine. she coming on? When's she coming on? We're going to get her on, I think, on Thursday's episode. She's going to be doing a live interview, Folding the Cheese, yes. first ever. Good. Groundbreaking. Good. So there's the update. There's the pod. Well, hey, if you like this podcast, give it a share. You know, we're just trying to get our message out there, get it so everyone can enjoy what we're talking about, getting getting involved in fantasy football. And we love your interactions with us. We got Vinny telling me how to play my team, and it's working. So keep it up. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to make this better. We want this to be something that you guys love. So Share this podcast if you get a chance. Just tell their friends about it. Uh, we want to keep it going. And again, we're not trying to get real jobs anytime soon. So give us a listen, pass around. And as always, remember to fold in that cheese. Fold it, baby. So relieved. David, are you a dirty peeping Tom? I don't think parenting books would approve of you saying that to me. David, I cannot show you everything. Okay, well, can you show me one thing?